0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Save Your Sorry. This is your go-to podcast for the rise and fall of your favorite or more than likely least favorite celebrity. If you find yourself thinking, hey, what happened to that celebrity? Or why is everyone on the internet met at so-and-so? You're at the right place. I'm your host, Jose. Joining me is my co-host and colleague, Katrina Rochelle. Katrina, who or what will be the topic of our episode today?
1: Um. First off, fuck you for that intro. Trying to, sound, <laughs> trying to sound all goddamn perfect, like I'm okay. Okay, I see you. I see you. All right. All right. Uh,
0: very hostile.
1: <laughs> you know me. That's how I do. All right. So today we will be talking about um, disgraced journalist, alleged predator, former host of the Today Show, Matt Lauer.
0: His time has been coming. He appears in a lot of our episodes.
1: He is always interviewing somebody. I mean, to be fair, the man's been doing it for decades. So, of course, he's always going to have a little footnote whenever somebody else has a scandal before his shit came up.
0: Yeah, I, I really don't know this one.
1: Matt Lauer has been a journalist for a long time. So whereas there's a lot of things that I could talk about and hit on, I tried to pare it down to a theme of Matt Lauer and women. And how he treats them, how he's involved with them, and I guess everything in between, okay? Okay. If you've listened to us before, depending on what episode, I have previously talked about how I do not like nor care for as Jose calls him, the former funny man, Bill Cosby. (laughs) Yes. Now, you are wondering how does Bill Cosby relate to Matt Lauer? And I'll tell you right now, gut and intuition.
0: Ooh. Before
1: basically before I even knew how nasty these men were I just saw something in their eyes whenever I flipped those channels I whenever I was looking at the television screen I just was like something ain't right something ain't right
0: interesting
1: do a little shake it ahead and then I flip flip the channel but something wasn't right with them (laughs) <laughs> I never liked or trusted these men at face value. They always gave off a weird vibe. Bill's case, it was like weird, too familiar, and creepy. And in Matt's case, it was like he was like rude, arrogant, and creepy. Okay. So after I looked into this, I f- realized that, of course, <laughs> my intuition and everything else I thought was right. These are two personified trash receptacles, more. M- matt because this is his episode we've already talked about bill before we start really roasting matt let's talk about his beginning matthew todd lauer was born on december 30th 1957 in new york city this unfortunately makes him a capricorn and me somebody who is now distantly related to capricorns,
0: capricorn's um, numbers are rising up
1: not only rising but like I got some predators in my Zodiac Club.
0: (laughs) We really need to like break it down.
1: I got Matt Lauer. I got R. Kelly. I even got Elvis Presley, which uh, some of y'all ain't ready to talk about him, but he's definitely on their list.
0: Marilyn Manson.
1: Why? Why me? (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm just the only Capricorn in the world (laughs) who's good. That's
0: you. You and those predators.
1: I don't like when you said it like that, like I'm with them, but not really. (laughs) Matt's parents are Robert Lauer, who was a retired bicycle company executive, and Marilyn Comer, who was a boutique owner and former model. Matt also had an older sister born three years before him named April. Getting past his being born and his familiar ties, before I even throw any more shit Matt's way What I will say is the man was ambitious after his primary and secondary schooling. He knew exactly what he wanted to do, and he made sure that he started putting his foot on that career ladder and he kept going. Mattson College in the mid 1970s. He's attending Scripps. I think you pronounce it. Scripps College of Communications and School of Media Art at Ohio University. He's majoring in communications. I know communications has many reaching, I guess, jobs and careers. Matt was mostly looking at broadcasting and journalism and things of that nature. Do you know anything about like communication majors? Like what other jobs you could probably look for? Just curious.
0: No, I, I know like event planning, something like that, but Mm, I think about that. Yeah, I feel like with communication majors, it's one of those degrees that can be used for a lot of things. I mean, you need to communicate with everything. We're communicating right now.
1: Look at you going deep. <laughs> I didn't even, there you go. Surpassing my expectations.
0: Yeah, so, I know how to bullshit answer. <laughs>
1: I've always loved that about you. I I don't have the the talent that you have for it, though. Like I said, he was going to Ohio University, majoring in communications. In 1979, though, he's four credits away from graduating, about to get his degree. But at that same time, Matt was offered an internship in West Virginia at a TV station. So what does Matt do? He takes the internship. I'm kind of split in the real world. Would I make this decision? You got on one hand for Matt, it ends up working out eventually. We know where he ends up. So he bet on himself and he worked hard and he got there. But on the other hand, I'm thinking, boy, four credits away from graduating. And what if that shit don't work out? Then you ain't got no degree, no uh, job or a degree.
0: Yeah, no fallback plan.
1: Yeah, I, I don't be trusting
0: things like that. But I feel like that's what he really wanted to do.
1: That's true. He wanted the degree, but once he got the job offer and the step he wanted, he was like, well, fuck this degree. (laughs) He ends up going to West Virginia, uh, pursuing the career path that he wants to. And it was basically high risk, high reward paid off for him. So from then on, Matt Lauer just worked hard, moved around a few places, doing local reporting, local TV, also moved up the career ladder. Matt hosted a nationally syndicated entertainment show called PM Magazine. That was from 1980 to 1986. Around 1989, he goes back to New York City and he ends up co-hosting Nine Broadway Plaza, which I I guess was another local news show. He ends up co-anchoring the show called Today in New York, not to be confused with the Today Show.
0: Yeah. So these are all like local shows.
1: Yeah, this is the period of him moving up the ranks in New York City local news. He's in today in New York, 1992. Then he moves to co-anchor of Live at Five, 1993. He's getting all this exposure and experience and being seen on all these local New York City networks that eventually the higher ups, because this is all getting aired on NBC, the local chapter, I guess you would call it. NBC's big umbrella that does the Today Show and stuff, they see him and end up calling him in to do a few substitutions on some of their national shows, like News at Sunrise and Weekend Today. Okay. In 1994, Matt Lauer becomes a regular news anchor for the Today Show. He has his spots, he does his reports, but he's not the main part. That comes three years later. January 1997. He's officially the co-host of the Today Show. He's the main person in charge. In the same year, he actually goes back and finishes his degree at Ohio University and gives the commencement
0: speech. Hmm, I I wonder why they finished it. He,
1: in his commencement speech, uh, paraphrasing it, parts of it basically said that this was something that was important to him most people would figure if they made it to where he made it why would they go back to get the degree but he's seeing it as something that he started he might as well go back and finish it since he had the means and the time to do so
0: yeah i guess that's true and i mean probably more money too
1: more money, you rich. Why you? You got time to finish your degree. You can get a PhD if you want to.
0: Uh huh.
1: Now that we're caught up to speed on him and his career, let's talk about some of the questionable moves, interviews, on and off-screen controversies that have surrounded Matt Lauer in his career. What is so crazy is that, um, if you don't know, spoiler alert: at the end of this, Matt gets fired. But it is what. <laughs> wasn't expecting that (laughs) oh yeah this man leaves but yeah what's so crazy is that the way he entered the year is literally the opposite of how he ends it so at the top of 2017 he was celebrating 20 years at the today show but only a mere 10 months later towards the end of the year they kicked his ass out the building
0: time to take out the trash.
1: Exactly. Let's start with some interviews, some controversial interviews that Matt has been a part of featuring women. He's not really, I wouldn't say Matt Lauer is a bad interviewer. I wouldn't say he's a good interviewer. I think I'm just too biased to really judge him. He's not really my taste, but he's all right. But I say he w- he's at least 75% acceptable, but he has those that 25% where his interviews with certain people just have this weird tension or cringy moments. And it's not about advancing the story. It's about him just being weird. So the first interview I want to talk about is this 2003 Dateline interview that he had with Madonna. This is during Madonna doing a different phase. The CD that was coming out was American Life, if I'm not mistaken. The angle of the interview is Madonna's older now. She's 44. And the last movie she was in, the one that her husband uh, directed, Guy Ritchie, tanked. And the last record she did ain't selling. So her being just this pared down version of who she is and not as rambunctious and provocative. Is this another gimmick just like her off the wall gimmicks, which is crazy. Like the bitch can't do nothing. Yeah. (laughs) If if she's too loud, she's a problem. If she's too too quiet, this is still uh, a publicity stunt.
0: I don't think that's really Matt Lauer, though. I feel like that's society in general.
1: But it's also the way he was talking during the interview. Like, he literally said that. He was like, her acting career is on life support. (laughs) (laughs) Like, those were the exact words that that man said. That could just be him just pumping it up with buzzwords, not really meaning it himself. He's just telling the story.
0: And I Um, do like what you said, buzzwords, because I feel like when you do a clip, that makes a very good, like, little 10-second promo that they could shoot.
1: Oh, yeah. the te- When they shoot those, when they give out the teasers, it's always going to have this high-tense moment that may not have went exactly how they're framing it in the edited clip, but it, they just want you to watch that shit.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: He also references her age, basically says, people sometimes ask, like, why you're famous, so tell us why you're famous, <laughs> why are you still here? Why are we still talking about you? And it's just, he kind of comes off like nice because the whole interview as a whole, like it's not a bad interview. It's just at points, it's like he's luring you. But I guess that's just what you do as a good um, journalist. You want to lure the celebrity or the figure that you're talking to or interviewing into a false security of you're safe and This is just fun and jokes. And then you attack them with a mean ass question. But that's why this Madonna interview is kind of one of the tamer ones. He asked if he uh, she wants people like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera's fans to buy her music. And she's like, well, of course, is she able to compete with them because she's the age of their mothers? You know, stuff like that.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's not that bad, but I thought I'd mark it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, but it's also... that's I can't really hold Matt Lauer against him because he has trash for saying stuff like that. But I feel like it's something that older women in general have to go through. Like, you know, no one's ever going to ask an older male. They don't ask, like, Jay-Z if he can hang out with these younger rappers.
1: I completely understand, yeah. It's something like... It's one of those questions that a lot of people... Or statements slash questions that a lot of people say so he's just speaking for the people yeah but it, it's just kind of the way it comes off to some people maybe me
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the next one we're going to talk about is the sandra bullock interview in 2009 not sandy sandy boo sandra bullock in 2009 is doing a press tour of the proposal great movie wonderful betty white betty r.i.p betty white why do you even say that? I mean, you have to mention it. That is true. So she's interviewing about the proposal with Matt Lauer. This was weird. If you know, if you've seen the proposal, there's this small scene where basically Ryan Reynolds... I don't know these people's names in the movie. So Ryan Reynolds is taking a run. He comes in for his run. He strips naked while Sandra Bullock is getting out of the shower naked. And basically, them not paying attention, they collide. Bam, bam, whatever. That's how it is. Uh, I think you see... <laughs> I appreciate it. You basically see the side profile of both of them. So I guess it was kind of scandalous for Sandra Bullock because, you know, she don't usually be putting herself out like that. In this interview, he's like, I've seen you naked. She's like, well, I wasn't really naked or whatever. You know, she's saying like a lot of people saw it. And then he says something bizarre, like, oh, my God, you were like naked the whole movie, which. Doesn't make sense. It was the smallest scene that she was naked.
0: Yeah, it is a very small scene.
1: And then he said again that he has to he either said that he did re-watch that part a few times or he has to go back and rewatch that part. And it was <laughs> just like, why is this man creeping on Sandra Bullock about her being naked for five milliseconds in this movie and you didn't even see that and it was so funny like he's like oh like he was joking saying yeah hopefully you'll come back and she was joking saying yeah i'm never coming back especially after this interview <laughs> <laughs> now the biggest one the other two relatively tame under the different light you could just see them as just like weird interviews kind of cringy but nothing bad
0: yeah i think it's more hindsight
1: mm-hmm. it's like after you see or hear what happens, you're just like, I can't stand them, or that was intended differently. Like, we
0: should have known from right there, these little mm-hmm. comments.
1: But before, when we were listening or watching in real time, we didn't really see much to it. We were just like, awkward chuckle. <laughs> yeah. In 2012, Anne Hathaway is interviewing for her latest film. I cannot say this film. Les blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Miserables. Les 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 Miserables Mr. Robles you know what movie I'm talking about though right I do (laughs) they need to teach a a pronunciation class on that movie I don't know how I've heard people say it all types of ways so how do they expect me to say that shit but she's in there promoting that sad ass movie that's a musical have you seen it of course
0: not I haven't either but it's on my list
1: yeah Uh, I don't, I don't know. I I just heard how sad it is. Like, I have my sad movie list. I don't feel like adding them on purposely. Like, if I watch a movie and it's sad, it just happens to be sad. Okay, you got me. But I'm not about to watch a purposely
0: sad movie. I like a sad movie. It's like a challenge.
1: What, a try not to cry challenge?
0: Like, how sad is it?
1: Not how sad is it. Okay. (laughs) That was only three tears. (laughs) Okay, I like that. So, uh, uh, okay, yeah. So he, they're interv- he's interviewing Anne Hathaway. He opens up the interview and saying, Anne Hathaway, good to see you. Seen a lot of you lately. What he's referring to when he says, seen a lot of you lately, he's referring to a situation at the premiere of the movie on the red carpet when she was exiting out her limo or her car and basically due to her dress, dress being so tight, I guess there were like open spots or pockets. And the photographers took advantage of that and kind of aimed their cameras down under her dress or skirt and took pictures. And then Wait, they started, there was
0: open spots where?
1: Like, I don't know how. Okay, so basically she had this tight. It's either a skirt or a dress. I looked at the picture. I really can't tell. But with it, it has a very long thigh slit, like a slit up the thigh. Okay. So basically, however she came out the car, because she wasn't wearing underwear the pictures
0: uh, the they got a picture of her kitty cat
1: yeah the paparazzi got a whole bunch of pictures of her. and she basically just felt violated uh they said she was it was reported that she was basically saying i, I might as well have lifted my skirt from the way that the flashes were going off like how the photographers reacted which is kind of fucked up
0: yeah but she also, was just getting out the car
1: I ain't never heard of them pictures, so her team must have scrubbed as good as they could. Not saying I was looking for them. That sounded weird. But what I'm just saying <laughs> is, like, even the Britney Spears one, if you could you could come across that one, I ain't never seen this in Hathaway one, which, I mean, good either way. Um, because of the way that she exited the car, the photographers took advantage and took pictures of her skirt. So when he says, good to see you, similar you lately, I definitely thought that was just crude and unnecessary, like... That's not how you address your guest.
0: Yeah, especially if it was, I could see if he was talking about scene in the movie, but that does seem in poor taste.
1: Not on, yeah, in poor taste. And I feel, I get I get the feeling that she wasn't, if she was going to mention it, she wasn't going to talk about it at the onset. And so when you say a sentence like that, you're like forcing her to talk about it immediately. And if she didn't want to talk about it, you're bringing it up in a way that insinuates that you saw it. And now you're in front of me, looking me in my eyes. Yeah, I
0: imagine that would be humiliating for her.
1: Humiliating and embarrassing and weird. Like, even she remarked, like, yeah, if only I could stay, you know, if I could, if I could, I'd stay in the house, basically. Uh Uh-huh. And she's saying it in a joking manner, but it sounds pretty real. Like, after something like that happens, I want to be in the house, too. I'm not trying to be in public so you can watch my expressions and look at my feelings and make snide, weird-ass comments like you've seen a lot of me lately.
0: Yeah.
1: So, um, despite the unnecessary... Dumbass question and handles it beautifully. She kind of does uh, a mini address and a pivot, which I
0: loved. So, do you know said, how soon after the photos were taken this interview was?
1: Um, not very long. It all happened in the same month, it was in the month of December 2012. Hmm. So, I imagine if not a few days, a week, it, it couldn't have been that. That much of um, yeah. a break because it was the premiere and she's doing an interview to promote the the movie. So only a few days, I imagine.
0: Okay, I don't know if that makes it better or worse. <laughs> I feel I'm sure i was trying to think like if it's is it better because he has to address it, or is it worse because he didn't give her time to talk about? It? I don't know.
1: I think it. I think it was just about how it didn't matter the time. It's how he addressed it. He yeah, could've, he could have gave her um a chance to talk about it or a platform to talk about how she felt without saying it like that
0: just so, like yeah I get what you're saying
1: oh yeah so uh, like I said he uh mentions he see he saw a lot of her lately and asked he basically brings it up and says so what lesson did you learn from that happening to you like basically her having her her thing thing snapped
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um she was like, it was obviously an unfortunate event. It kind of made me sad on two accounts. One was that I was very sad that we live in an age where someone takes a picture of another person in a vulnerable moment, and rather than delete it and do the decent thing, they sell it. Then she said, I'm sorry that we live in a culture that commodifies sexuality of unwilling participants, which brings us back to Les Mis, that's what my character is. She is someone who was forced to sell sex to benefit her child because she has nothing and there's no social safety safety net. And I was like, you go, bitch. <laughs> you turn that shit right back to this promo.
0: I wonder if maybe he told her she was going to. He was to bring it up.
1: He damn sure didn't tell her he was going <laughs> to
0: bring it up so? like that.
1: Not, not like that. So, plan. And...
0: <laughs> or she probably would just guess they're going to talk about it. Just have a statement ready. Cause that just sounds like something you think of ahead of time. Well,
1: I mean, I can definitely see in that second one happening. Cause uh, if she didn't put it on the band questions and he explicitly went against her wishes, then I'm guessing she knew it was going to be brought up, but I don't think she knew it was going to be brought up like that.
0: Yeah. I just... Which is
1: why she probably had that statement ready. Cause she knew she was going to have to say something. Uh huh. Right? Not like, what did you learn? Not wearing any draws. Did you learn that lesson? <laughs> like, goddamn. So then I want to mention a roast. Now, if you are not familiar with roasts, uh, the ones that most people, I think, are commonly.
0: What's pot the roasts.
1: Roast. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> the they are familiar with pot roasts, but besides the pot roast, the comedy roasts they're used to are kind of the comedy central ones that have been happening for the last few. Decade. I wanted to say few years, but it's been a while.
0: Yeah, they've been happening forever.
1: Yeah, I think even a couple decades actually. Yeah. Which some of the people are William Shatner, Pam Anderson, Flavor Flav. Some of those people, Donald Trump have been roasted and stuff like that. There's also one that's been longer, that's been happening way longer, and it's kind of like a staples called the Friars Club, where they do roast with various celebrities. That's in New York City. And uh, wouldn't you know it, one of the roasts they did was Matt Lauer. Now, this is before we have the t- technology that we, ha- we have now. So whereas when somebody says no recording devices, no phones, no cameras, somebody could still sneak some shit up there today if they really want to and get some audio and video. Uh-huh. But back then, it would have been too obvious. So this roast was not televised at all. All I am is reporting back what I've heard via the Business Insider, the Village Voice um, that originally reported, and Page Six, which is not the most reliable source, but they are just quoting the Village Voice as well. So take these reports with a grain of salt, but these are the only reports we have because only humans were there with no recording devices. It happened in 2008. Uh, Matt Lauer had a roast. Some of the people who roasted Matt on stage were Martha Stewart, Meredith Vieira, Al Roker, Jeffrey Ross, I think Tom Cruise, and maybe a couple others.
0: I miss. That, that. is the worst roast ever. All those people sound boring as hell.
1: Oh, and I I there's more Maybe people not who attended. Stewart. You had your your man Howard Stern, Donald Trump, all the today people who ever been associated with it. Uh Nancy O'Dell, Mary Hart, like all those people who are on all those entertainment shows. It was just one of those like, this wasn't a star-studded one, but it was uh-huh. like a a start, a new star-studded one. Yeah. So one quote I got was from, oh, and Jeff Zucker. That's who I, meant, I forgot to mention. Jeff Zucker is important to mention because at this time in 2008, Jeff Zucker is the uh, NBC Universal chairman. So he knows who Matt is. He's in, he's in charge of this whole goddamn thing. So he's also one who, did, uh, who roast him. So one of the things that were, some of the things that were said, Martha Stewart, she says, I hear NBC executives call Matt cock of the rock. Now that was confusing as hell when I first read that statement. Cause I was like, what does that mean? Cock of the rock. Basically that refers to a previous expression slash metaphor or whatever, which is cock of the walk that usually is referring to um, the male, the roosters uh, taking charge of the hen house and all that type of stuff. Like, uh, strutting your stuff like you the king of this shit uh-huh. that's cock of the walk she reversed it to cock of the rock because today is in the rockefeller building or whatever you know all the offices and all that shit so that's what she was doing told him burned him on that <laughs> wrist especially when i <laughs> dissected it so smoothly <laughs> so then the chairman of univ uh NBC universal jeff zucker gets up there and he says quote It's just good to see Matt up here and not under my desk. I don't want to say Matt's a germaphobe, but he's the only guy I know who uses Perel both before and after he masturbates. So what? Yes. So
0: does he masturbate under his desk?
1: That's what I was confused about. I think it was more like another whole joke about sexual favors. Like, why would he be under your desk? What do people do under
0: desks? I don't know fellatio bro oh okay
1: and then there's this rumor that went around that in Matt Lauer's office he had a button that shut and locked his locked his door from the inside people also think that was also referencing that fact which Matt Lauer said was untrue
0: hmm
1: but think about it that's crazy too Uh, Then Matt had the chance to go up there and uh, tell a few jokes about some of the people who joked on him and whoever else was there. One of the people who was there was Ann Curry, one of his co-anchors at the time. And he says apparently there were a lot of small dick jokes. I, I didn't see a lot of small dick jokes on the report, but that's what he says. But his quote is, what's with all the small dick jokes? It was fun to look over and see Ann Curry laughing. Like, she doesn't know how big my dick really is.
0: Oh, okay. I guess these are friends? I don't know. Are they? Yeah, are I don't they? know. I don't know the situation.
1: And then, finally, um, just... It's
0: weird, though, that it would all be sexual.
1: That's what I'm it's, saying. Yeah.
0: If this is true, I mean, like you said.
1: Um, then Matt says one about Katie Kirk. He says, Let me just say that I saw that colon a lot before the rest of you saw it. This is referring to the fact that Katie Kirk got a colonoscopy on TV. And it also is referring to anal sex because for the you know the colonoscopy,
0: they had to put that small little camera up your butt. I think you should have a segment where you dissect all jokes.
1: Ain't it crazy?
0: Uh-huh.
1: I'm trying to sound monotone so I don't have to be interested in what I'm saying.
0: I couldn't do it, Rose. I'm too sensitive.
1: Here's the thing. Me too, I feel like like I would laugh, but there would be like a couple jokes that would I know would hit me and I would
0: cry. <laughs> I, they, cry. They would say one small thing, and I would just it's so shitty. <laughs>
1: just tip over somebody's drink or slap it at their hand and walk off stage. Oh, fuck this shit. (laughs) Joe Scarborough, who is an anchor on, uh, I think on MSNBC, The Morning Joe. He apparently attended this event in 2008, but he said that he ended up leaving early because he didn't feel too comfortable. He says the whole theme was that he does the show and then he has sex with people, with employees. So... Was this whispered behind closed doors? No, it was shouted from the mountaintops and everybody laughed about it. Hmm. And then uh, NBC executive who attended the party when asked uh, more currently after all the allegations come to light, he's asked about it and he says, well, this was a comedic roast, but there was clearly a vein of truth running through all those jokes. And he, he he remained anonymous. You know, this little scaredy. I don't want to call him scaredy cat. Sorry. That's, yeah, that's, I mean. that's the drinks. <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> that's the drink hitting. But this man was not about to identify himself. I understand. He said there's a vein of truth running through all those jokes. You had Katie Couric, Meredith Vieira and Jeff Zucker all standing up there joking about his sex in the office, his kinkiness. They all knew, which is referring to the fact that when all the allegations came out, all NBC executives kept saying, well, he's never had a complaint. And we didn't know anything about Matt. And we didn't know he did this. And this is such a surprise. This is not the Matt I knew. This is not the Matt that we knew. Hmm. Was it? I don't know.
0: I don't know. I don't know what the allegations are. And we're getting
1: there. <laughs> so then, if we look past the weird interviews and the weird slash inappropriate roast, let's talk about how he speaks and treat how he speaks about and treats his women colleagues. According to Variety and their own investigation into the Matt Lauer allegations, they interviewed former and current Today staffers, which included some accounts like. Matt Lauer once gave a colleague a sex toy as a present. It included an explicit note about how he wanted to use it on her, which left her mortified.
0: Oh, uh, I, yeah, yeah, it's so weird. I can't um, just, I cannot imagine going up to a coworker and being like, here you go. He, that has to be like power into to his head. Like, yeah, right there, he's feeling untouchable.
1: And, and, and that's what a lot of the women say. That's what they basically say is that and if he's the this anchor. was an abuse of power, and he was so powerful, and he was the golden boy because he kept the ratings up, and he was getting paid the most, so he was the one in charge.
0: Yeah. They feel like they have to just, like, laugh it off, I guess.
1: Laugh it off slash if it gets too forward, they feel like maybe they have to agree or leave. They have to basically fight or flight.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: then there is another one on another day he summoned a different female employee to his office he dropped his pants showing her his penis after the employee said he she wasn't going to do anything visibly shaken he reprimanded her for not engaging in a sexual act
0: and is he the boss like power structure are they like below him
1: Yes, uh, okay. every every woman I mention as far as the sexual harassment slash misconduct slash assault allegations, there are always people that he is their superior or he is at least above them on the pay scale slash seniority slash position.
0: That really like, shows something that he would get mad at her for not, not going along with it because that's, you know, he's expecting it now. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, There were reports that he would engage different workers in telling, uh, asking them who they've been intimate with that were uh, saying that he'll basically, if you tell me yours, I'll tell you mine. Did that childish F Mary kill game uh, where he picks and chooses off different female co-hosts that are at the Today Show or anywhere else and puts them in the category of fuck, Mary kill. Yeah. Also, uh, when it comes to his more, uh, on, on screen co-workers, uh, in 2013, he was, there was a Howard Stern interview and basically Howard Stern like asks, are you attracted to Katie Kirk? Who is his co anchor? And he basically says, well, she is attractive and not just physically, like she has a great personality. Basically if her physical looks had her at a Uh, eight or nine her personality brings her up to like a 14 and uh, and that makes her more attractive now this is why I think it's weird first of all they're 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 news anchors they're not actors on like a show where y'all have to like sell that y'all like you just have to have good chemistry on screen as far as letting you guys have banter and flowing you don't have to prove that you guys love each other or want to be with each other
0: yeah aren't they both like married
1: I, I, that's what that's the second point Matt's married and Katie Couric isn't married yet but she's with her boyfriend that she will marry the next the following year and then um I also thought about how it kind of speaks to well we we don't know that he's a creep at this point or he's done creepy things
0: I mean it's, it's a like, weird question to be asked and it's a. don't I don't want to say it's 100 percent creepy how he responded but it is i mean he could respond it a lot worse but that's true i guess it, yeah it wasn't the worst response
1: i just kind of thought it was weird like you like i guess with the behind the scenes people like the the assistants or the producers or whatever it's so like so much more sexual but when it's on-screen talent, the people who are going to be seen on camera, the people who you really have to make sure don't know that you you, you out doing nasty stuff in these streets, you're more flirty, complimentary. So it just shows that you're like a nice guy and you, you think the woman you're working with is beautiful. I don't know. I don't know. It just kind of. Me I mean, think,
0: obviously, yeah, it comes down to a power thing.
1: Yeah, it's like, I'm gonna treat you filthy, but this woman, I gotta treat her better because I actually have to like be on screen with her. Yeah. I don't care about your ass. And then there's this like low qual. I mean, you can tell it's him, it's not that low quality that you can't tell who's on the screen and what they're saying, but it's like a low quality video of, I guess you would say the Today Show in a commercial break. You have Matt Lauer sitting down on the couch. You have like Meredith Vieira, I guess talking to some, some scripts script supervisors or a director, basically off to the side, but kind of in front of Matt Lauer, and basically um, they're going back and forth. But you can kind of hear him say, like, you know, that's a a, a nice sweater. And then uh, at one point, I guess she kind of slight. She's not really even bent over, really, but she kind of slightly bends over, and he insinuates, like, keep bending like that. It's a great view.
0: Oh, such a creepy guy thing to say.
1: And to your, to your co-workers. Yeah. And then you have the whole Ann Curry situation. Now, if you don't know Ann Curry, Ann Curry is a, who was, she also uh, rose up the ranks at NBC doing various anchor jobs on various TV shows, eventually made her way to the Today Show as a regular co-host. Uh, and then in 2011, she ends up getting promoted to co-host with Matt Lauer, like, She's not on the second or third out. She's the main person with Matt, right? Okay. And I always felt the opposite about Ann Curry than I did about Matt Lauer. For some reason, if I was watching today, I was only watching it for Ann Curry. It was just something about her demeanor and the way that she talked and the way she asked questions. I always liked Ann Curry like the most and then maybe Katie Couric second.
0: I never really watched it besides, you know, when they had to scandal or something. But I do like Ann Curry and I don't know why.
1: It's just something about her presence that's calming. You know she does her job. (laughs) (laughs) She was promoted in June 2011. She was the official co-host to Matt Lauer. But unfortunately, a year later, that was no more. She leaves the Today Show, but she is actually fired from the Today Show, according to her. And really, uh, when she announces her departure, there's really no reason no concrete real reason that she is dismissed from the today show but there are rumors a swirling unconfirmed but rumors both according to ann curry and various anonymous NBC executives that matt had a good hand in getting her ass booted
0: i remember when she was let go that that's what yeah everyone was saying that he had something to do with it but no one really knew why
1: He's like, like, um, and that's the Jealousy. thing that like people blame it on like things like the rating slip, like maybe people didn't believe in their chemistry, which I could understand that they don't seem like buddy chum chums. It seems like they're like I hate to use this word, but it's like they're two alphas. So they just one of them can't like take the back seat. I don't know. Hmm. So they don't really mesh well. Um like he does what may be a more subordinate, subdued co-host where he gets to take. Where lead. he's the talk on the rock. It, like Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring that back up without warning me, bro. <laughs> so um, also, uh, yeah, they, they blame the ratings. They blame their lack of chemistry. Um, but let me tell you. If you want to see something uncomfortable, watch the video of Ann Curry saying her goodbyes, her last day on today. So they're all crowded on this couch. Um, I, I say all, but it's not all. It's um, Al Roker, Ann Curry. There's another woman. Her name is escaping me for some reason, even though I just saw this like a few hours ago. And Al Roker. Oh, I said Al Roker. Matt Lowe. Hey, you twice? <laughs> No, shut up. It's Al Roker, Curry, Matt Lauer. I was just trying to say it, so I had it out there. And okay. then a mysterious woman who has a blank face, so I can't remember. Okay. And so what's so weird is that Ann is crying. Like, you could tell it's emotional. She's kind of trying to wipe slash shield her tears and, you know, say how much this is meant to her. And she appreciates it. But you got Matt like with a lock. I don't know if it was a hard grip, but you know how you see something through a TV and you just be like, I know he was gripping her hard. It looks like he got like a semi hard grip on her shoulder. And he's just like kind of rubbing like slash massaging her, like, you know how some people would do if you're actually familiar and comfortable with them, Uh like put a hand on your shoulder and kind of like squeeze it a few times, stuff like that. Like he's he's doing that to her, like rubbing and, and squeezing her shoulder and stuff like that. Even gets to the point where he like kind of tries to embrace her slash kiss her on the cheek. When I tell you, that she dodged that shit so fast, ended up like he ended up like kissing her hair.
0: That's so weird.
1: <laughs> so weird. It's like, first of all, he looks so detached. He's given this affection with his hand on her shoulder and like this attempted cheek kiss but he looks like he's mad that this bitch is crying and getting upset like he don't even look like he care and then when she dodges the cheek kiss you could tell she really was not feeling his ass so it really makes you think that something was up because she wasn't refusing the affection from anybody else on that couch
0: oh I gotta watch this clip
1: uh yeah like but yeah the tension you could tell there's tension in the room and I was like I thought first of all not only do you feel shitty because you lost your job and you don't know why you lost your job. But the man who everybody is saying could be the reason you lost your job. is all up on you. So I was like, "Bitch, couldn't be me. I would have pissed in his office before I left. So in 2018, Ann Curry talks about it with us magazine or I say us magazine, us magazine. Remember, is that what you told me? It's us, it's not U.S.?
0: I'm pretty sure it's us.
1: While we live in the United States, they got me thinking everything is U.S.
0: <laughs> is there a period between the U and the S?
1: Some people are lazy Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be calling out logic. I didn't think about that. You're right. It ain't no periods. But anyway, in Us Magazine, she talks about it and says, it hurt like hell. It hurts so much, but I learned a lot about myself. I can say I've done nothing wrong. I've been honest and true. I've tried to stay pure. I've tried to not respond in a knee-jerk re- jerk manner. And I've stayed very close to who I am. So it hurt, but I'm also proud of myself. When it comes back to the scandal, you know how I told you that all the NBC executives, uh, despite uh, in the end, firing Matt Lauer, we're talking about how in his 20 years, they never had a complaint. Uh-huh. Well, Anne says differently. I Ann those says blind
0: sons of bitches.
1: Yeah. Anne says in 2012, which I'm guessing had to be before she was ousted, which makes me think that ugh, even more so he could have been involved. But she says in 2012, she alerted NBC about, about Matt Lauer. Um, She says that a woman basically came to her, a staffer, and asked if Ann could help her. She was afraid that she was going to lose her job. She basically insinuated that Matt Lauer was, like, harassing her. And Ann said she believed her. um, And she told the executives what she heard and basically said that, she said, I told management that they had a problem and they needed to keep an eye on him and how he deals with women. So, I don't think that helped her staying. And unfortunately, it didn't really stop Matt Lauer and his inappropriate behavior for like another five years. You know, they had somebody who at least tried to speak about it, tried to say something, and they got rid of her immediately.
0: Damn. Yeah. And that's like what we know of. of you know, what she said know she came of. forward, yeah, in 2012. Like, who knows? when other people came forward
1: and he's been there for 20 years yeah they were making weird jokes at his roast you don't gather that type of reputation in a couple years that's something ingrained in your character i feel like
0: yeah i wonder if he just like stayed there from the olden days and maybe that's how it used to be where sexual harassment was more you don't play ball type of thing Mm uh-huh and no one questioned it but i don't know that's so the weird the culture
1: was i mean the culture is still toxic when it comes to believing women in sexual assault claims and allegations but it was really bad back then so i could imagine a lot of that shit really did get swept under the rug or never was talked about or was like get over it or use it to advance or uh-huh. leave if you can't handle it
0: or maybe you should stop being so flirty
1: that, yeah, victim yes, the slut-shaming, victim-blaming, yes. so or learn
0: how to take a compliment.
1: And that's so fucking stupid.
0: Yeah, it's so stupid.
1: Man. Now for the big allegation that caused his, dismiss- his dismissal from the Today Show, as well as the information surrounding his marriage. Matt has been married twice. First to a woman named Nancy Auspah. Alsp- Alsp- the point is her name's Nancy. Um, his first wife from 1982 to 1989. They did not conceive any children during that marriage, so that is not one the one that we will be talking about. We will be talking about Matt's second marriage with Annette Roque. I hope that's how you pronounce her name. Roque, Roque. I'm gonna go with Roque. That is from 1998 to 2019. Now. The reason why we were mostly focused on this second marriage is because it is the longer of the two, and it's the one that he has children with. And surprisingly, Annette had filed for divorce before.
0: Around what time?
1: So, when she was pregnant with their third child uh, in 2006. Now, they have three children they have a son named Jack, they have a daughter named Romy, and <laughs> they have A son named Tish. I'm gonna tell you how they spelled this this boy's name, and you tell me how to pronounce it. It is T H I J S.
0: T H I J S.
1: Uh huh.
0: Obviously, that's Tish. (laughs) I don't know.
1: I, 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 Yeah, but anyway, when she was pregnant with that child, the Tish child in 2006, she filed for divorce. She cited at the time mental abuse, extreme mental and emotional distress, humiliation, torment and anxiety caused by Lauer. And this is in the document. They said uh, her attorney at the time, Nancy uh, Kim told I can't pronounce shit. But her her lawyer at the time said the conduct of defendant, a.k.a. Lauer, uh, endangers the physical and mental well being of the plaintiff, Roke, so as to render it unsafe and improper for the plaintiff to cohabitate, oh, cohabit with the defendant. Basically, saying Matt Lauer is treating his wife so bad that she needs his ass out the house. They cannot live together now. Even though she said all those things, and I'm guessing, hopefully meant them at the time, uh, it's only about three weeks later that she ends up withdrawing the divorce and the papers. Uh, Even though she withdrew the papers, she went into slight detail with various traits of very distressing things this man was potentially doing to her during her pregnancy. And it was her third one. It wasn't like her first child. She was so overwhelmed and she like this is her third child and he must have been acting in some sort of way that brought her to the point where she thought she need to leave
0: yeah. and obviously
1: his behavior must have changed drastically for her to withdraw the papers but it just shows you like this man this man is not exactly what he he puts on uh-huh. so yeah she ended up withdrawing him in 2006 but let's get back to how Matt ended up losing his job. Um, It was in November in 2017, November 29th, that Matt Lauer was officially fired from the Today Show. What ended up happening was the Today Show employee ended up meeting with some members of HR. um, Afterwards, uh, after the meeting, time passed, and Andy Lack, who was NBC News chairman, sent a memo to his staff Saying this uh, is the first complaint I've had about Lauer's behavior in more than 20 years, but I've received a detailed complaint from a colleague about some inappropriate sexual behavior in the workplace by Matt Lauer. And that while the complaint was the first uh, that we've received, there is reason to believe that this may not have been an isolated incident.
0: It's bullshit, but they're saying that's the first complaint, though.
1: Yeah, they like they put that in a statement to make sure like basically, hey, we fired this man um, because he was being inappropriate. But just so you know, we've done everything by the book because he's never had a complaint before. This is just but also it's like when you frame it like that, it makes it like this complaint was so fucking terrible. And uh, and apparently to me, the public seems so legitimate that he was so he was fired immediately once y'all were basically told about it. Like, oh, it was the first complaint, but it was so bad they had to get his ass out of there
0: immediately. But wasn't this like time-wise, right after the Me Too movement?
1: And that's what I was just about to say. So one reason that might have been is because uh sources close to NBC are saying that they had to act quickly because um, this is around the time where these sexual harassment claims, allegation and charges had ended the careers of well, they say ended the careers. But some of these people are still floating around like Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey and Louis C.K. And other prominent uh, men in the entertainment industry.
0: Yeah, it was a time of reckoning.
1: Yes. As we know, in 2017, when Matt Lauer is let go, he does give a a small statement. He says, my sorrow and regret for the pain I caused others by words and actions. Some of what is being said about me is untrue or mischaracterized. But there is enough truth in these stories to to make me feel embarrassed and ashamed. Which... Sounds like you're taking ownership for being, to having sex with people, but you don't want to say that it was, uh, you were assaulting women, which is what they are saying you did. But there's enough truth with you being a nasty, dirty old man that you basically have to leave, but there, uh, these other more serious claims are untrue and being mischaracterized which how do you mischaracterize sexual assault i don't know
0: i feel like he's trying to say it that he was just trying to you know that stupid thing where they took it the wrong way or he did not mean those comments to be mean Mm -hmm. or in a that way he was just joking or something stupid yeah
1: so two years later, the uh, anonymous Today uh, Show staffer uh, ends up revealing herself and becoming public due to the fact that she shared her story with journalist slash reporter slash writer Ron- Ronan Farrow, who I I always enjoy. He had a new book that he used part of book story as well as stories of his own of being silenced about getting these Me Too Stories and talking about Harvey Weinstein and some of these other men, and it's called Catch and Kill. There's a longer name for it, but we're just going to go with Catch and Kill. So the Today Show staffer reveals herself to be a woman named Brooke Neville's um, and she shares her story about what happened between her and Matt Lauer. And so the story, uh, out, oh, and she also she wanted to um, share her uh, story and make herself public. Because she wanted to tell everybody basically what Matt Lauer did to her and why she decided to go to NBC as a whole. Uh The story was in 2014 during the Sochi Winter Olympics. Brooke Nevels was down there working with Meredith Vieira, who was doing the Olympics coverage with Matt Lauer. Brooke says that one night over drinks with Vieira at the hotel bar, according to Variety, where the NBC News team was staying, they ran into Lauer, who joined them. At the end of the night, Neville's, who had six shots of vodka, ended up going to Lauer's hotel room twice. Once she said she got uh, once she went to get her press credential, which apparently Lauer had taken from her like a, like as a joke, which hmm, joke
0: and the, a trap.
1: I, I feel like it is weird. Why? Like, usually a jokey joke is when you snatch somebody's shit away for, like, a few minutes and you give it back to them, not you taking it back to your room.
0: Yeah.
1: But I digress. The first time was to get her press credential back, and the second time was because he invited her back. Uh, Now, Farrell, this is Farrell writing Neville's story. Farrell says uh, Brooke had no reason to suspect Lauer would be anything but friendly based on her prior experience with him. This is, I'm guessing, her first time ever being alone in a non-professional setting. So, Brooke says that once she was in her, once she was in his hotel room, Lauer, who was just uh, in t-shirt and a boxers, pushed her against the door and kissed her. He then pushed her onto the bed. Uh, now, this is when it's going to get more, I guess, graphic, folks. So, just be prepared. So he pushed her onto the bed, flipping her over, asking if she liked anal sex. She said that she declined several times. Now, Brooke says she kept kept telling him that she wasn't interested in that. And while she was in the midst of telling him again that she wasn't interested, he just did it. She says that Lauer didn't use lubricant. She said that the encounter was excruciatingly painful and it hurt. She kept thinking if this was normal. She said at one point, she's telling Rowan Farrell as he writes it, like at one point she stopped saying no and just wept into the pillow that she was pushed into. She said afterwards, Matt Lauer asked her if she liked it. She said she told him yes and claims that she bled for days.
0: Yeah, this is more than sexual harassment. This is straight
1: up rape it is rape, but i wasn't going to say that word until we officially got to this story just because this is a lot of other stories are more abuse of power with other staffers who came out whereas this was a full-fledged this main encounter she says was a rape yeah now brooke says that well first let's go back to the, the the sochi incident she says that Um, She was too drunk to consent, which is true. When you're drunk, you cannot consent to, to sex or sexual activities. Like, you're not all the way there. And she says that she said multiple times that she did not want to have anal sex. She does admit that she had additional sexual encounters with Matt. She just says that they were transactional because she was so afraid of losing her job and the power that he had and the power he exerted at the Today Show. Mm. And that's what, um, there was a couple other um, staffers, I'm not going to really mention their names because there's a, there's there's a few women who came out who basically say the same thing minus the rape. They describe it as, it started out, out innocent as maybe in a professional setting and maybe started getting flirty And then got bolder and then started to proposition them. And they felt at one point in time, if they did not say yes, that they would get in some sort of trouble or they would get demoted or lose their job or things would be spread about them so that they did. So they did end up uh, having sex with them. But that is still abuse of power. You knowing that you have the power dynamics at work, knowing that you have power over somebody's livelihood. And so you give them ultimatums that could end them, that could put them in really messed up places in their their life.
0: Yeah. And this is not, you know, everyone knows what it is. It's this open secret that everyone's talking about. So they already know if someone has said no or reported against it, they were probably fired, let go, not promoted. Mm-hmm. And, and they know this can affect their career.
1: Exactly. And it can stop you from getting ahead in the career. You could be, you could be blacklisted or you could be stunted. Let's say you're just a personal assistant. If you talk to the wrong person at the wrong time, you might be a personal assistant forever. Yeah. The additional encounters were just transactional. Uh, It was not a relationship, which is something that Matt has said it was Matt. On the other hand, he says in the in a new book, which he's referring to Catch and Kill, in which Brooke tells her story to Ronan Pharaoh. Uh, in a new book. It is alleged that an extramarital but consensual sexual encounter I have previously admitting having was, in fact, an assault. It is categorically false, ignores the facts and defies common sense.
0: Mm-hmm. So he's just saying that she's making it up.
1: What the sword that Matt is falling on is basically that he's a big cheater, but he is not a rapist and he doesn't sexually harass women or sexually assault women, he just was cheating on his wife a lot.
0: Hmm. Not buying it,
1: I I don't either, especially with everything you all the material.
0: Yeah, I think when someone admits to at least having an affair or whatever he wants to call it it's because they can prove that they were with them at some point Uh so they're going to say it was consensual or it wasn't an abuse of power
1: you'll do anything to make the other person seem like the guilty party
0: yeah and honestly like when people say they're lying for fame or something like that it's never true because no one knows this story Like, no one really knows the woman's name. It's always going to be the Mount Lauer story.
1: Mm -hmm. You're you're exactly right. And um, the thing is, is that Brooke said that she wasn't exactly silent about it. Like, she said that when when her and Matt would have these transactional encounters, like, she said she, quote unquote, told a million people about her situation with him. She said... Oh, no, this is what Rowan says. Uh, she told colleagues and superiors at NBC. And when she moved to NBC's Peacock Productions to be a reporter, she reported it to one of her new bosses there. He says this was no secret, which is what you're saying. This was no secret. Yeah. So nothing even happens until fall 2017 in November. When the whole Harvey Weinstein empire shit was coming down, basically some of the people she had talked to previously talked, uh, talked to her again and asked about Matt, asked about Matt. Uh, when they asked Brooke decided to go to Vera and why well, I just call her Vera. Like I know her like that. Neville, Brooke Neville's goes to Meredith Vieira and she tells her what happened. Now Meredith Vieira is, Uh, the co-anchor with uh, Matt Lauer she says that Meredith Vieira tells her to go to NBC Human uh, NBC Universal's human resources with a lawyer which she followed that advice I didn't even think about that because you think HR is your company so they have your best interests at heart but no you got to have a lawyer with you that has uh-huh. you. You're paying them. They have your best interest at heart.
0: Yeah. HR has the interest of the company.
1: Yeah. My dumb ass forgot that for a split second. Like psh, what? <laughs> so she did that. She followed Meredith's advice, which I was like, hmm. I'm so conflicted with this whole Meredith Vieira and Katie Kurt thing. um, And Ann Curry thing. It's like all three was well, despite Ann Curry. She's on the good side of this. But Meredith Vera and uh, Katie Couric say they didn't they never knew this. This was not the math that they were familiar with, despite all those ha ha nasty ass jokes that they made and understandings that they had. Allegedly made. Allegedly made. Yes, you're right. It was a report, a flimsy one, but I believe it. But also it's like. When somebody told Ann Curry, Ann Curry tried her best to, you know, tell some people to look out for this man on her way out, and then somebody tells Meredith Vieira, and Meredith Vieira could have just say, hey, I'm Bennett, I ain't in it, but she said, hey, you need to tell somebody about this, this is your story, so I'm happy in that regard, but I just feel like they just, and then Katie Kirk ends up writing a book, like years later, anybody who writes a book, I, I don't trust off the top, because it's like you waited to tell your story until it was profitable for you.
0: Nah, I don't like that take. You don't like that take? No, when, I, a lot when of people com- write books.
1: No, okay, sorry, I should be more specific. When you, uh, when you are a blip or a part of somebody's scandal or their bad history... And you claim to not know things or not have bad blood or you, you're fine, y'all are good. But then years, years later, you sell your story and the details have changed.
0: Or what'd she say in the book? Oh, she didn't say anything bad in the book. I just thought that she knew. <laughs> the details changed. But I still think that she's shady and she if, knew. If she, if she kept the same story and the details haven't changed... You can't be mad at her for selling her story. It's her story.
1: Well, okay, this is why I'll say. They don't. Okay, she says her and Matt don't talk anymore. Well, no, never mind. No, never mind. That doesn't bring my no point. That puts a point in your collar. Never mind. No, then I, I don't want to argue this because you're gonna. <laughs> no, I. I you're just, right. You're I right. But like... I still think Katie Couric and other celebrities have these soft takes when shit happens. But when it's good for them to say exactly how they feel, then they write the book sharing how exactly they feel. But
0: is she changing up? I haven't read her book. No,
1: no. In this case, Katie Kirk isn't changing okay. up. I think Katie Kirk knew more than what she said.
0: <laughs> okay, but she hasn't changed up so far. She has such a true story.
1: That's true. But and still, she advised she her
0: to go with a lawyer.
1: No. She did not tell that her... Was, don't that, was speak Mer- about it. that was Meredith Vieira. Oh. Katie Kirk didn't tell nobody shit.
0: And she said she didn't know anything. Yes. Okay. All right. So I don't believe it. I've if everyone else is saying they knew something, then she must have too. You don't believe her, but you don't believe in my
1: point enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't like your take
1: can't win them all (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay so yeah she goes to human resources with her own lawyer and then obviously she tells her story she has her her lawyer there to speak to to speak for her and to advise her on what to say or what not to say so eventually like I said before uh Matt is fired um after Matt's fired Noah Oppenheim who is the president of NBC News and Andrew Lack, the chairman, Andy Lack, who I mentioned before, who sent the memo out, the chairman of NBC News and MS- NBC. God damn, those are so many letters. They were emphasizing that um, the incident hadn't exactly been criminal or an assault. Hmm. So it's like, she said what happened. Um, she told her story. They swiftly fire him, of course, but I'm guessing to cloud her mind and to basically talk her out of litigation, I feel, they basically describe this incident not exactly being criminal or an assault officially. Um, Farrell writes that uh, uh, Brooks said that those, when they said that, that caused her to throw up, like that caused her to be sick. Like, you basically denying it happened, but it, not denying it happened.
0: Yeah, that's weird to say that. Maybe they were just doing that because that's what they could prove. Like, they couldn't prove what happened at the hotel room, but they could prove other things.
1: I I think it was more like she couldn't exactly, th- them counting on Uh, Her not exactly being able to prove that that was an assault so that they were basically calling her bluff because what ends up happening is that she she stays at NBC for a little bit, but ends up going on, quote unquote, medical leave because she's she's surrounded by these people who, even though, like I said, the first two years, she didn't. Her story wasn't public until 2019, but this all happened in 2017. Uh So for the two years uh, before she becomes public, everybody at the company technically knows at NBC. They technically know due to how some of the phrasing is put and the fact that it mentions Sochi and only uh, a limited amount of staff were at Sochi. So that everybody kind of ends up knowing it's Brooke. Yeah. She leaves. She goes on medical leave. And then shortly after, she gets a seven-figure settlement. Hmm. In 2018, she ends up leaving and gets uh, seven figures. They, it's, of course, undisclosed, but seven figures, high hundred thousands. No, yeah. that's six figures. I think she might have got even a million or more. Good for her. Which, yes, good for her. Um, still doesn't heal what happened, but definitely she deserved restitution.
0: Do you know she's working still?
1: Uh, I did not follow up on her on okay. where she's working, unfortunately. Maybe on an update, maybe next week I can probably say that. She's good. She's doing good. We know Matt Lauer ain't doing shit. Fuck him. Oh, I'm supposed to say that next.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My bad. Because <laughs> I, I don't know. That's what I asked.
1: So, yeah. So, that's basically how it ends. Uh, 2018, Brooke Nevels gets paid her settlement. Um, Matt Lauer was fired uh, in 2017, um, it's been disputed if they ended up paying out his contract because uh, they say technically he was fired with cause
0: because yeah. of
1: sexual misconduct. But knowing NBC and how they like to cater to their boys, they might have just gave that man that money. And he was making 20 to 25 million a year. Could you hmm. imagine that?
0: That's crazy
1: crazy amount of money. Um, at this point in time, in the last year or so, uh, all that's come out is that Matt Lauer is trying to change the narrative and go after Ronan Farrow for writing this book and basically painting him as a rape, a rapist. He's saying that this is not true and that Brooke is lying about the nature of their relationship and Ronan uh, is lying about the details in his book and all that.
0: Why would he go after him, though? He's just reporting on what someone's telling him.
1: And I don't understand that either, because I'm thinking if Brooke lied, why aren't you suing her for libel or slander? Yeah. Because there's too much truth or, you, you know, you wouldn't win. But he's not in litigation with Ronan. He's just speaking out through his spokesperson that basically he he thinks that Ronan is a liar and that the claims in his book are not true.
0: So but as far as is, I though, know, Matt Lauer he, is probably set for life. He can, he doesn't have to do anything really.
1: And that's the unfortunate part. I mean, Matt has been low key. Um, people hadn't even heard from the dude for like two years until he popped up on a TikTok of his daughters. He's dating a PR, uh, a PR rep, a publicist right now, which I guess is very good for him. Uh, his girlfriend can help him out if any other bullshit scandals allegation. He needs to categorically deny. Come across. Uh, apparently, he's happy and thriving. He's just not on TV anymore. But like you said, this man is is rich three times over. So we may not see him on the TV, but he's not living a hard knock life at all.
0: Yeah, no, he probably scaled back a little, but not much.
1: Oh, yeah, that was another thing they mentioned. They was like, this man was, get, I guess, for the traffic or the convenience. But this man had, like, a helicopter ride four days a week from the studio to his house. Like, yeah, he had to scale back on helicopter rides. That's,
0: yeah.
1: that's crazy to me. Uh, for him. Yeah. So that's basically what I have on Matt Lauer. He is. Off our TV screens, but he still used to keep his wealth, but he's definitely a predator. He's definitely the people who you look for in the workplace, uh, and you identify them, and you stay away from bitch-ass people like
0: that. Yeah, I this was more than I thought it was. I, You know, I heard something about sexual misconduct, but I, I never really looked into it. I didn't really have an interest in Matt Lauer, I guess maybe that's why
1: probably yeah because you hear about these things but sometimes if you're not invested in the person you'll just like mark it and then move
0: yeah it's just like you know there's so many that come up
1: so many people who unfortunately are so many and and the That's, thing is this is long but i left a good amount of people's testimonies out there's a few more women who definitely have things to say about matt matt lauer
0: it's just the shit that gets me it's when it's people like, I am glad you brought the comparison of him and Bill Cosby. Because, like, mm-hmm. people like that who've been in the game for years and years and years, and then everyone whispers and s- talks about it, but it's not a thing until freaking 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. How is that? Why do we have to wait 20 freaking years for it to become a thing?
1: I don't even understand More importantly, why do we have to wait 20 years or after these nasty people have died for how disgusting they were to come to the forefront? I hate that. Now, yeah. I'm not blaming that on victims. I'm blaming that more on like the media, like suppressing certain things and then elevating other things. And Hollywood being able to just sweep these stars Bad moments under the rug because, like I said, Bill Cosby was what's he was drugging women in the 70s. I did not know about this until I was over 18. Uh But he was in so many, he was still allowed to create things, he was still allowed to be a part of things, he was still allowed to be around people in society as a regular functioning member, even though this man was literally drugging and raping people.
0: I think it comes down to these executives really and these people who have money, these gatekeepers. Yeah. They are putting the ratings and they're seeing Matt Lauer brings in these viewers. He's worked more than what this woman is saying. When it shouldn't be that way.
1: Mm -hmm. And, and And the lack of creativity and not willing to just switch things up and Get people out and try something new, just stay with the same old, same old, despite how old and stale it is. Because you know that person, or because you think they're reliable, or you can get a constant out of them, you'd rather stick with a toxic human being than do something different, or give somebody else a chance, or you know, whatever the case
0: may be. Bullshit.
1: Yeah. So let's bring this up. We've been (laughs) down.
0: Yeah, this is the last episode of Save Your Sorry, guys. We just can't do it anymore.
1: (laughs) Down, down, down (laughs) to the bottom of the sea. So let's um, perk things up with a bit of positivity. We like to share a piece of media that is close to us or makes us feel happy, content, over the moon, elated. Um, I think, do you have one at the ready? I do. Okay, I'll let you go first while I, I try to think real quick.
0: Okay. Mine is, and I might have already talked about it, but I don't care because I don't remember so I'm going to talk about it again. Mine is the TV show Nurse Jackie. And
1: okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I first saw Nurse Jackie, I accidentally saw the last episode first. And I did not know it was the last episode. Oh my god! I didn't yeah, know that. It. it like really got me. And I'm like, oh my god. I don't watch the show. Mm-hmm. So I finally watched it and it's one of those shows It gives you so much anxiety because the plot is Jackie, she's a nurse Mm -hmm. and that's all she wants to do is be a nurse, but she also has kids. She has two daughters. She has a marriage, but she's also having an affair and Mm -hmm. she's a drug addict. She's addicted to pills. Mm -hmm. And it's like every episode it's nurse Jackie trying to get her pills, trying to get sober, trying to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. And the first few seasons, like, you know, she's on the top of her game You kind of almost think, like, why are these people bothering her? Like, she's doing everything okay. Like, let her
1: have her drugs. Yeah,
0: but I think that goes to show you, you can be a functioning addict. When people think of, like, a drug addict, they think, like, you know, they can't do anything.
1: They strung out and homeless, where there's all different types of uh, addicts around here.
0: Yeah, Jackie, she's on her A-game when she's a drug addict, but it does come at a cost of other things that the show... Highlights and it's a really great show. I think it is one of those shows that's really triggering, though. That if you yeah. have any addictions, it kind of makes you like want to go, you know, use your vice. Um, is that what it made you do? When I was watching Nurse Jackie, I like was because it gives you like anxiety, but it, like made me go outside and like smoke, like cigarettes like constantly and I come in and like I was like antsy like I needed something and it's Mm. I think it's because it was like I was watching Nurse Jackie and at that time I was experimenting with things
1: yeah I agree (laughs) I don't know why that last part made me laugh I don't either I'm so so sorry (laughs) I was just thinking about we were in two different phases when we watched Nurse Jackie (laughs) that's (laughs) what I was laughing about it but, yeah, because I don't remember when you watched it. I think I know that I finished it before you, though. I didn't and watch I, it
0: to my 20s.
1: Okay, yeah, I definitely finished it before you. But I I, I, ex- I can um, feel you on that whole anxious thing because, yes, it was just like, I know she'll probably get out of it. But I, my heart won't stop beating because I don't know how the fuck she's going to get out of it. How yeah. could she?
0: And sometimes or, she doesn't
1: she's she's gonna get caught, or somebody's gonna find out or this is gonna happen and bro when i got to the because i i did even though i know i finished it fairly quickly i did take like a couple like week breaks in between seasons because sometimes it's too heavy for you to to binge watch i would never binge watch nurse
0: i Day. binge watched it and i bit my nails down to the core and i smoked cigarettes nonstop.
1: And see that's why you don't binge watch dr- drug shows
0: i know <laughs> <laughs> it also had okay I- what's her name edie or is it eddie falco edie falco okay she's the main actress but love her. what merit weaver is on there and <gasps> i like have grown to love her
1: oh bro man i can't believe i did i wasn't gonna say nothing about Merritt. i love Merritt weaver yeah. like there's just certain actresses that i feel like don't get enough shine and then sometimes like one okay somebody who i didn't think got enough shine and then all of a sudden started being in everything was katherine hahn i thought a lot of people wouldn't mess with her then she got bad moms and that bitch been on a high-ass trajectory ever since and i've been waiting for that for Merritt weaver she's had some like good performances but she ain't in, she ain't been in nothing like blockbuster and she just got, got a act. new show
0: i think um she had her own show on HBO run. And it was only one season and it was really good. The ending what? wasn't that good, but it was like really good. And I'm
1: watching it. Oh,
0: it got cancelled after one season and yeah. I was like so disappointed. Like they cancelled it as soon as it like came out. And it was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, um, stupid.
0: But spoiler alert for Nurse Jackie, if you guys haven't seen it, like I don't think you guys are going to. Um, Spoil it. At the end, when, you know, that song plays, the gotta get off the merry-go-round, I love that song. Mm -hmm. And then she passes out. Do you think she dies or does she live?
1: Well, we're already on spoiler alerts, but I wanted to know the same thing. So I did what I always do. And I YouTube Nurse Jackie ending. And basically what I, I think she died. But then when I watched it, I really didn't care the video because they basically say, Either way, it's bad for Jackie.
0: Because she won't be a nurse anymore.
1: Yes. They basically said if she uh, died, she's dead. She's left her children um, when she was on the up and up and they thought she was cool. Or she just passed out in an overdose and can be saved and she is no longer a nurse and now her whole family knows that she not she backtracked and relapsed and she'll lose all that progress again. she
0: made. And because when she hallucinates and that song's playing, she sees a bunch of people that are in the hallucination are mm-hmm. characters who have died, like exactly. patients who have died.
1: Exactly, yes. I, oh my gosh, I just got goosebumps talking about that episode again.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I want the character to die which sounds bad. <laughs> because,
1: I mean, I get what you're coming from
0: because her life would be so much over, but then, you know, it's like, oh, do you always have a reason to live.
1: And it's like, may I mean, this is a fictional character, but people really deal with stuff like this. It's like maybe even though nursing is her life, if she's not a nurse no more, she hopefully would force herself to get clean to do something she's so different mom. yeah to do something different that would um keep her on a good path as well as being there for her children who she was just like bro them kids was not fucking with her no. and then they got on a good track and it
0: i honestly looked up a nurse jackie to see if there's a podcast and there's not and i'm like really surprised Hey, we can start a recap pod. I know other people. (laughs) We're we're gonna go so far talking about this.
1: (laughs) Uh, Okay, yeah, I'll stop. This is your media (laughs) anyway. I just stomped on it.
0: No, it is so good though. I, I, I know you told me about it. My mom told me about it. Um, Mm -hmm. some of my other friends told me about it, and I'm like, a nurse show? I don't know. I don't want to see that. Like, is it like Grey's Anatomy or what is it like ER? Like, I, 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 it just didn't have no interest. For me, but it's a really good show. And even with these spoilers that we've said, like like I said, I saw the first episode, the last episode first. Mm-hmm. It's still such a good show.
1: It's still funny. It's still dramatic. Everybody act their ass off,
0: and <laughs> everybody's funny too. It's funny, but you're nervous <laughs> watching exactly. it.
1: Exactly, <laughs> and that's what I was gonna say about Merritt Weaver because she can be serious, but she's also one of the funniest motherfuckers on that show. And I was mad when they kicked her friend off, which I know it was probably like money or she wanted to go back to London or whatever. But I was she was one of my favorite characters, too.
0: Oh, yeah. A lot of the originals got changed out. Yeah. But they made it work. Um, Mm -hmm. Another scene though that's real sad is when (laughs) Nurse Jackie um, tells Zoe. Merritt Weaver and like oh you know we to go to the same hospital where they to work together and she, you know she couldn't do it anymore she just couldn't because she she can't be there like watching over her. It's yeah. such a good show.
1: I felt because so, you know Zoe was she was up for anything because yeah, that's Jackie that's because her girl. at the
0: beginning of the series
1: she didn't know that Jackie
0: is training Zoe mm-hmm. and has to watch over her and then at the end. Jackie's more of an addict and Zoe has to watch over her. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such a good show. <sighs> and she, she says, you're good, Jackie. You're good. Oh, but she wasn't good. She she
1: was so bad. Mm-hmm. Dang, that was great media. Great media.
0: I've been meaning to talk about it for weeks.
1: Really? That's yes. been on your heart for a week? Is I that keep- that one media where I cut you off and you forgot it?
0: I think so because I keep I kept forgetting it.
1: That's funny. That's funny. Okay, well, it was meant to happen now. Okay. Um, I I guess I have a real general media. It's not even really a media. It's just something, been something on my brain uh, because, like I said, I haven't been reading a lot of books. But I guess my media is like childhood books. Uh, and I I guess I'll go with my favorite series, which are very juvenile. But I don't care. Like. The Franklin books, the author books, the um, Junie B. Jones books, all three of those series specifically, um, kind of meant something to me. Uh, I'm, just like other poor Black children, uh, my mama didn't have the money for the Scholastic Book Fair. <laughs> So every year when we went down as a class, a bitch was window shopping permanently. Um, Unless I got sticky fingers, which I was too much of a punk to ever steal. Um, I was just looking at all that cute book accessories and all those nice bookmarks and all those books I couldn't afford. So I really did appreciate when um, in elementary school to middle school, we got those library periods because that was when. Um, you didn't have to pay for a book. All you had to do was find that bitch first and it was yours.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And um my favorite sections to go work for were the cartoons slash um movies and stuff that I used to watch. So I used to really watch author every time after school. So I loved reading all the art. author. Can I say this man's name? I know you've
0: been saying that everybody want to correct you since we're oh, going down memory lane.
1: Because I got a lot of stuff on my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> The author books, so I used to uh, read all those, even the ones when he wasn't officially the arbvark face that we know and love now, when he had the snout, more of the snout and stuff. I, I used to watch, not watch, I used to uh, read those books. The Franklin books, which Franklin hey, was-
0: it's Franklin.
1: <laughs> he was the scaredest motherfucker you ever did see. Half of his books <laughs> are about Franklin getting scared. Franklin Lost in the Woods- Franklin in a thunderstorm, Franklin alone at night, why y'all putting this man in perilous situations?
0: As a child who often hid behind my parents, because I was like really shy, I think those books were like, you know, they're needed.
1: Oh, definitely. And then when I got a little bit older, Julie B. Jones were chapter books, so at least I had upgraded, and Julie B. Jones got on my nerves half the time, but she was still funny as hell. I read about, about, 10 or 12 of her books um that was one of my favorite parts was seeing how many different junie b jones uh titles they would have Mm. like junie b jones go to school dance uh junie b jones got barrettes in her hair they the same thing they just have ridiculous titles and they were very entertaining
0: do you have any of those now
1: oh no i here's the thing like i said before i was broke i Uh i wasn't able to buy books um Even the books that I accidentally ended up getting from the library because I forgot to turn them in. I didn't enjoy them. Like the one library charged me $13 for some old Lizzie McGuire
0: books.
1: (laughs) I got so mad because we had this is when I was at the summer daycare. We went to the library, but then we went swimming. So my dumbass put the books in my swimming bag.
0: So when
1: uh, I put my swimsuit and my towel on there and the books was done for. And they was like, well, we going to charge it. And I said, well, I ain't coming back here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I have recently bought a child book I really liked when I was, like, last year on my birthday, I bought uh, Frog and Toad. I bought, like, a collection. Uh,
1: there's I, I could not for the life of me remember it if I wanted to. But there was always one Frog and Toad uh, story that really was my favorite but that's next time
0: you come over i'll read you a bedtime story
1: i'll come (laughs) what
0: i'm so glad this one came back to your childhood again we're we're working through something we're
1: working through some stuff you know hungry caterpillar stella you know what actually i don't know what it's called but you know one of my favorite modern fairy tale books is that one about the wolf and the three pigs I don't know if you remember it, but it had like an interesting uh cover.
0: Like the three pits where he blows up. It's like up what down.
1: yeah, what happened to the three little pigs, but it was like a modernized kind of different story. But I, I gotta look it up. I'll send well can't. Yeah, I'm the sure TV. there's like
0: hundreds hundred of
1: this was specific to when we were growing up, or but it don't matter. I'll figure it out. Maybe send it to you on Twitter since I'm phoneless. I know. Well, but uh, that's all I gotta say. I can't think of any other childish books I used to love. A whole we'll bunch. Save
0: it for next time. We would right. take the trip down memory lane together again.
1: And you We're- can bill me for sitting on your couch.
0: <laughs> good job. <laughs> this was a good episode. It was unexpected.
1: Oh, thank God. Uh, hopefully, everybody likes it. And if and not,
0: I love these. Like, all our episodes are about scandals. But I love when there's a, a clean cut like, they're done.
1: Yeah, I mean at least uh, I mean who knows for the future. He ain't trying to get on TV right I now, know. but yeah, he's he's out for now.
0: I feel like if he wrote a book though, it'd probably be like a bestseller.
1: He he's gonna start a podcast next.
0: <gasps> oh my goodness!
1: So gotta be on the lookout for the competition.
0: Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh We were just recently on the podcast of Spooky Tales. So if you want to go there, you can listen to our episode.
1: Or um, listen to our episode that we just did with Hits Don't Lie, Blue Pearlman. That was hilarious and fun, too.
0: Oh, yes. And that was on our podcast, Savior. Sorry. The one you're listening to right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> This is episode 40. Congratulations. We made it this far. Oh, my god! Even though we have more episodes recorded, this one will be released episode 40. Um, <laughs> oh, and yeah. If you want to reach out to us, it's on Twitter. Save your sorry, but the your is spelled you are our Instagram, where we post our new episodes, Save Your Sorry, spelled just like the podcast. If you want to write us an email, our Gmail is saveyoursorry at gmail.com. Spell just like the podcast. You can give us your media, your suggestions on an episode, and you can reach out any of those, just write to us because the numbers are there. I know you guys are listening, but I just want more engagement. And I don't more. know. I'm thinking of ways. If you know a way let me know
1: let i mean dm the man he's begging he's asking
0: yeah (laughs) at me at twitter um please leave us a review on apple or wherever you can leave a review at leave us five stars tell us what you like tell us what you don't like um right now we're pretty set in our ways but we probably will consider changing some stuff (laughs) Um, (laughs) you can't ask for suggestions in
1: this same but we rigid though
0: (laughs) and remember we are sensitive so you gotta say it nicely
1: yeah we're artists and we're Mm -hmm. sensitive about our shit
0: tell them um we have a cash app save your sorry you know dollar sign save your sorry at the cash app website app we also have a patreon there's one episode right now there's going to be a second episode shortly it's four dollars a month we don't have any Patreons yet, but I bet you guys are just waiting for there to be a lot more episodes. Get bang for your buck. I don't blame you.
1: That's okay. Jo- Beyonce's joining tomorrow. Once she joins, you'll all be there.
0: Yeah. Maybe there's going to be an Ivy Park collection on there, which there's not. <laughs> Sorry. I was
1: trying to hold that <laughs>
0: Like, what? I'm not gonna like lie to you guys. I'm sorry. We'll
1: um, be on an Ivy Park campus.
0: <laughs> I might have gone a box. Oh. Um, I think that's all of it. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's been wonderful. Bye. See ya.